0: Welcome to Justin and Donald Save America. So you probably heard a little bit about this uh, AI going around chat GPT. It's been grabbing a lot of headlines, been uh, pretty remarkable. We actually talked about it on the latest episode of the In the Tank podcast. But uh, the CEO of the company that created this, OpenAI, he just came out with a pretty interesting uh, interview with Forbes, where he talked about how artificial intelligence might one day break capitalism. As a direct quote, "break capitalism." So we're going to dive into that in this episode of Justin and Donald Save America. But before we do, I have to put that message out there for anyone that wants to help our channel. That. Uh, you can do so by just doing a couple of things, hitting that like button, hitting that subscribe button, sharing this content, or even just leaving a comment underneath the video will all help break through these big tech algorithms that prevent content like this from being shown to more people. So Justin, uh, how's it going? First of all, you, you've been playing with this chat uh, GPT with me a lot over the last couple of days. It's pretty remarkable. Is it not?
1: It is. It is pretty amazing. Um, uh, you know, I had a, uh, I, I really didn't think this would work, but it actually worked really well. Uh, it was, and it was terrifying. I asked chat GPT to write an essay about why e, the potential dangers of ESG or some of the problems related with ESG social credit scores, but in the style of Justin Haskins. <laughs> and I thought it doesn't know who I am, obviously. Right. But it does know who I am, and it did write it. It it, it did write an essay, a full essay in my own style, right? Using words that I would use. Now it wasn't perfect, because obviously, how could it be? But it was pretty close. Yeah, it was. It was probably as close as I could expect if I just went to someone else, just a human, and I was like, hey write an essay like me saying this. I'm not sure that a, a just a person, unless they know me really well, would get it any closer than this thing got it. So it was pretty pretty amazing, really, when you think about it. It, it mined all the stuff, because th- I didn't give it any information. I just, mm-hmm. that's all I said. So it, it mined all of the things that I've written and took my voice, And online and wrote an essay about a topic that I gave it no information about at all. Yeah, I I,
0: I, want to be a little balanced here because there might be some people that are watching this that are unfamiliar with it. Uh, There might be some people that are watching this video that are very familiar with chat GPT. So I don't want to spend a whole lot of time getting into the weeds and the details of what this is, but I also don't want to gloss over it. So essentially, chat GPT is an artificial intelligence chat bot program that you can uh, talk with it through a different prompt that's on their website, ChatGPT Open AI website, and uh, it will respond to you in in whatever ways that you prompt it to respond to you. could ask it to write an essay, like Justin was just saying. You could ask it to write poetry. You could have it search information for you. I always use the example of uh, you know what what Jean Claude Van Damme movies existed in the '90s, and it'll pull a list of all the movies that he was in in the 90s and and present it to you with some information and all of that. So it's it's a remarkably powerful thing. We talk about how it can code. It can write code. You ask it to make a program for a back end of a WordPress website that will allow a consumer to do X. You hit enter, it'll give you 50 lines of code that you just copy and paste into the back end of your website, and boom, now that website has that functionality. So it's an incredibly powerful thing here. Um, so I want to I want to bring up this article. This is the whole point of this video. This was uh, a Forbes exclusive art of uh, uh, interview uh, with Sam Altman, who is the CEO of OpenAI. Again, the the creators of this ChatGPT. And they ask him a whole bunch of different things. And Justin, I don't know. Do you want to get to just the immediately to the meat? of it where he talks about breaking capitalism or a little bit more context to it. What? Uh, I, I mean, I think, I think uh, maybe a little bit of context. Okay. I wouldn't go crazy. But a sure. Little bit. So, I mean, the, the things that really stuck out to me when you're, when you're reading through this is that uh, he's got very, very high aspirations, <laughs> very high aspirations for his company, this technology, and just the, the movement in general. Um, he talks about how he wants, uh, he doesn't want a monopoly on this. And he thinks that there should be multiple companies that are all pursuing this artificial intelligence and different levels of it and all competing with each other and everything. And then he talks about, because this, this is another thing, and we'll get into this, the idea of incorporating artificial intelligence and chat GPT into search functions. So instead of just going to Google and, and, and looking for information, you'll instead be talking to a chat GPT chatbot. Uh, some artificial intelligence that will help you find the information that you're looking to find. And he talks about how, like, you know, that this has been brought up to him a bunch of times. And, oh, can we make search functionality better? And he's like, no, 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 we're going to revolutionize it. It's not going to be making it better. It's going to be completely different. So, like, he's got these high aspirations for all of the stuff that you that you see throughout this interview. Uh, But then he also talks a lot about the creation of true artificial general intelligence. So this is a thing that, uh, Justin, you might actually know a little bit more about this at this point in time, uh, that there are different variations of artificial intelligence. It's artificial intelligence, but there's also artificial general intelligence, uh, which is, according to my Wikipedia search here, the ability of an intel, uh, intelligent agent to understand or learn any intellectual task a human being can. So he says it very plainly in this interview that chat GPT is not that. But him and his company are working very actively to pursue artif- true artificial general intelligence. In fact, he has a line that, uh, where he says that uh, the question of how we would know that we've achieved artificial general intelligence is something I've been reflecting on a great deal lately. So it seems like where it's not some distant future horizon that we're trying to get to, it seems like something that might be in the short term. Um, yeah. So that's the context, but just any comments on that before I get to the meat?
1: Yeah, so uh, the, just kind of a basic overview of, of how these things work, since you're gonna be hearing these terms used a lot, going forward probably for the rest of your life fortunately for some of you but um <laughs> artific- artificial intelligence just means essentially machine learning machines can do something at or exceeding the level of a human being but in one area okay mm. so like uh Chat GPT is is better at doing certain things than any human being can, okay, because of its abilities to mine things from the internet instantaneously, the learning that it's done. There's all sorts of algorithms and math, you know, machines that are designed to do really complex math or even simple math, just very quickly, they can do that much better than a human being can do that, right? So that would be an example of of a sort of a basic artificial intelligence, search engines, all this kind of stuff. Most of Many things that people use on a day-to-day basis, from Google search engines to things that they do with their smartphone, uh, to websites that they use when they go online, various uh, appliances and things they have in their home, have a form of artificial intelligence built into it already, okay? General intelligence has not ever been achieved, okay? So that's why it's a really big deal that he's talking about this in a way that seems like maybe they could actually pull that off. What general intelligence Speak. What general intelligence is, sort of at a at the highest level, is, um, although machines can do specific things or a range of things as well or better than a human, they they can't do everything that a human can do, and and they can't do a wide diversity of things typically, and they often can't switch between tasks very well. Yeah. So so, you might. uh, yeah, the, go a
0: good example would be Google's uh, Deep Mind that like beat the reigning chess champion like fifteen years ago. Like, all right, it's the best than any human at chess, but then you can't just take that chess playing computer and ask it to do you know like a uh, sing a song about or like write write poetry about right. whatever. Like, it's very specialized.
1: Yeah, exactly. You you could build a machine that is hyper advanced at predicting the outcome of the stock market. Sure. But knows absolutely nothing about, you know, claude Van Damme movies. Yeah, or Jean-Claude <laughs> Van Damme movies, right. And so people have that ability to switch between lots of different kinds of things, knowledge. So general intelligence is the idea of if you can achieve general intelligence, then what you have is a machine that is at least as smart, basically, as your average human being. OK, that's sort of roughly and there's lots of different definitions and debates and all this other stuff. The other thing you're going to hear is super intelligence, ASI. Now, artificial super is just like AGI, artificial general intelligence, except now it's smarter than humans. OK, actually exceeds humans abilities and in lots of different areas all at the same time. So it's not just better than us at one specific task. It's better than us at basically everything. And in order to achieve super intelligence, you have to have general intelligence because in order to be smarter than a human, the computer basically has to be able to teach itself at a higher level than a human can teach it, right? Otherwise, it can't be smarter than us. So that's, that's where super... And so a lot of people believe that once you reach general intelligence and you have a machine as smart as a human being, It won't be very long until you get to super intelligence because it can do everything that a human being can do, except it's a machine. So it can do it in a more efficient way, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, constantly learning, taking in more information. It's just naturally going to be better than us. Yeah. those are the those are the he, sort of big things here, and that's why well, general intelligence is a big deal when he's talking about that.
0: Yeah, so ChatGPT just was like a atom bomb dropping on this whole tech, and we can get into some of that too. Uh, it, it took the world by storm; everyone was just blown away. I am daily still blown away by the by the capability of ChatGPT and learning new things that it can do every day. It just continues to blow my mind. So, um. Uh, Another thing that I kind of found interesting uh, in this interview is that not only is he pursuing like this artificial general intelligence, but that seems to be like his primary objective. Everything else in his life seems to be secondary. He says a- achieving, you know, uh, artificial general intelligence, quote, it's the thrust that drives all of my actions, he says. <laughs> so it seems like that is their goal. So then what what happens if we achieve this uh this this stature of of artificial intelligence so they they ask him about it and his response is what's been catching some headlines you might have seen this He says, I think capitalism is awesome. I love capitalism. All of the bad systems the world has, it's the best one or the least bad one that we found so far. I hope we find a way better one. And I think that if AGI, artificial general intelligence, really, truly, fully happens, I can imagine all these ways that it breaks capitalism. So that's that's the line. Those are the sentences that kind of grab these 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 headlines suggesting that artificial intelligence is going to break capitalism, or at least the CEO believes it. Um, He says, we've tried to design a structure that is, as far as I know, unlike any other corporate structure out there, because we actually believe in what we're doing. If we just thought this was going to be another tech company, I'd say, great, we know that playbook because I've been doing this whole my whole career. So let's just make a really big company. But if we really, truly get AGI and it breaks, we'll need something different in company structure. So I'm excited for our team and for our investors to do super well. But I don't think any one company should own the AI universe out there. How the profits of AGI are shared, how access to it is shared, and how governance is distributed, those are three questions that are going to require new thinking. So that's the context of, of his whole this whole idea that his AI is going to lead to the breaking of capitalism. Um, so Justin, just kind of seeing those those couple of paragraphs uh what are your thoughts man i mean this our whole our whole channel here is called stopping socialism (laughs) maybe it's defending capitalism
1: (laughs) what's yeah what's really interesting about about this is um you know i don't think there's any doubt that there's going to be a radical transformation of the economy that occurs as a result of technology like the development of agi even ai as it gets more advanced is going to break industries whole industries are going to be destroyed or dismantled or completely reformed and transformed by ai so agi absolutely will do that if if it is developed and i think it's just a matter of when not if Uh, So that he he's right about that. Everything is going to change economically when that happens. What's interesting about the idea of breaking capitalism, though, as a concept is, um, you know, and he and he says of all the bad systems, this is the best bad system. Right. So it's not as though he's saying, well, now we get to have something else, socialism or what a feudalism. We get to go back to something that we've had in the past. Right. So. I don't know exactly what he means uh, because as far as, I, I mean, I, I haven't, I guess I haven't thought about it super specifically, but yeah. I would have a hard time imagining that there is a system other than the systems that have already been tried. It's just a matter of what the mixture is of computer and uh, technological involvement in those systems, right? Yeah. But I don't know how you could have another system other than the ones we've already had, well, it's just you know, going to be different so a, versions this, of it.
0: This is the point in the video where we kind of just have to start putting on our speculation hats, right? Because I've seen this, this, uh, this article or uh, variations of this article going around that the headline makes it suggest that this guy's trying to break capitalism, you know, with artificial intelligence and AGI. But when you read his statements, it makes it very clear, at least, you know, this is the The face that he's putting forward, that that's not his goal. He just thinks it's like an inevitable outcome. Um, So I want to just kind of dispel the idea that this guy's trying to take down capitalism using artificial intelligence. I don't think that's the case. Maybe there's some information I'm unaware of, but just reading through this interview, I don't see that being the case. But... If we want to start speculating about stuff, I mean, you know, you and I have had conversations about all of the different industries and jobs that could be completely displaced because of this. The disruption uh, across the board is going to be seismic when this stuff is scaled up. Right now, it's just a chat box that you can uh, interact with on a website. But just wait until this technology is being incorporated into smartphones and and the Internet and, uh, you know, element call centers, customer service, all of this different stuff that can radiate from this core piece of technology. Uh, is going to leave a lot of redundancies in terms of you know human jobs that don't need to be human jobs anymore. So yeah, we could talk about some of that if you want. Yeah, Justin. so
1: so I think I think so. Just kind of that baseline, right? What is capitalism? All right, capitalism is basically just Voluntary private exchange of of goods, yeah. It, services. It's 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 freedom with property ownership that's sure. what it is. So are people freely able to own property and exchange it? That's that's capitalism, all right? Socialism is the is a system where the the well it depends on how you want to define it, socialism or communism, but it's when the means of production and property is collectively owned and or managed. Sure. And it depends on how that works itself out and to what degree you have it and all of that stuff. But those those basically the two kinds of things. Then you have other kinds of systems that have existed, where you have a concentration of ownership in the hands of a very small group of people, who in many cases have political power as well, and and therefore the rest of society doesn't have rights and they don't have property, right? So that's not capitalism and that's not socialism. That's like your feudalism is like that, for example,
0: uh, oh, various. The
1: it could be an oligarchy. You have those kinds of systems, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be an oligarchy because you could have one king at the top who controls everything, but you've got you know, the ownership of all the property belongs just to him. Like you could have sure. a dictator with one guy who owns everything. So it just depends on how it's broken out. But the point is, those are the three rough structures. Either you have freedom with property ownership and the ability to exchange it. You have collective ownership and management of the property. Or you have a small group of people, y- usually, or even one person that has control of all the property, right, or much of it. And when I look at this, I don't see this. I, I-, I think that the the danger really is in AI. It's going to create so much disruption across the the entire uh, uh, the entire world, uh, economically, not just for lower income people, but for Wealthy people, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot, like lawyers, Mm -hmm. lawyers and uh, certain kinds of doctors and certain kinds of really highly paid people, scientists, certain scientists, these people are going to be out of jobs. Writers,
0: editors, writers,
1: (laughs) editors. Yeah, which is not good for me. But these computer coders. Yeah, they're going to all be out of jobs because because AI will be able to do their jobs better and faster. So there's no reason to have a doctor read an X-ray. AI can read the X-ray. You don't need a doctor for that anymore. There's no reason for a lawyer to read a contract and tell you what's wrong with it or what you should do to improve it or whatever when AI can do that for you faster and better and knows all the case law perfectly because it's read all the cases that have ever existed. So there's going to be so much disruption across the entire economy. There's going to be, whenever there's lots of disruption, there is an opportunity for change politically. Okay, and in terms of people's rights and, and all of that, and government, all that stuff, that whenever there's radical change, there's an opportunity for uh, a political change and societal change that goes beyond economics. And sometimes that works out really well. And sometimes, like the American Revolution, and other times it works out really, really badly, like the French Revolution, where they're killing <laughs> everybody in the streets, okay? beheading people. So it kind of so it can go either way and sometimes the circumstances all aren't really all that different. There's not a huge difference between France and America in the in the early 1800s late 1700s. This is not a huge difference and yet one ended with bloodshed and uh people getting beheaded in the streets and a dictator in the end and the other ended up with the most successful country that's ever existed. So uh, bloodshed, and then the
0: most successful. (laughs) Yeah,
1: of course. But but that's part of the thing that's so scary about this, right? Is the bloodshed's usually part of the equation either way. So the reason I bring that up is it seems like at the very least with that much disruption that is likely to happen. We're talking, some analysts say hundreds of millions of jobs. The World Economic Forum says hundreds of millions of jobs will be displaced and will have to be replaced, and whatever, right? Whenever you have that much disruption, there's an opportunity to make an appeal for an entirely new system. So what does that system look like? I can tell you right now, because I've read it, Karl Marx, in the 1800s, was anticipating that something like this was going to happen. He thought it was going to happen 150 years ago, or 100 years ago, certainly not now, but... The socialist will have an answer. The answer will be, well, AI is better than us at producing just about everything anyway. Let's collectively own it. Let's have them produce everything we need. And then we can equally distribute everything we need. And we don't need to have private property ownership because the machines are able to provide for all of us really, really well. That's going to be the socialist argument, for sure. And not speculation, that is guaranteed that is going to happen. Karl Marx was making that argument. Back when the best machine they had was like, I don't know, what what's an 18, mid 1800s. Like, like we're talking about like ancient times to people today, right? Yeah, and right. he thought that was right around the corner. So based on what we have now with increases in efficiency and productivity, that is absolutely going to be one of the big appeals. And then you're going to have other people like at the Davos, like Davos people, right? They're not, we they don't want Marxism. What they want is to be the people that control all the property. And they're going to be the ones equally distributing it or distributing it in a way that they think is right and equitable and just and blah, 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 blah. Right? Like, that's what they're going to say. And they're the ones that already kind of own a lot of this technology right now. And they're the ones investing in a lot of this technology right now. And so you got to ask yourself, well, I mean, how likely is it that that's going to happen? Uh, I would say there's a pretty good chance that, that could be the system that we end up with at the end of all this, just elites at the top that have control of the big tech and they're the ones that that are making all the money and they're the ones in control of most of the means of production and now they make the rules. So the point the point is the disruption opens the door to really scary possibilities and really incredible, great possibilities. It all depends on what we do right now that's the thing. It all depends on what we do right now and within the next few years. And I don't really think we're in a place in terms of our society to be having the conversation of let's chart our course for the next 50 years, 100 years. What are human rights going to look like? We can't agree on basic stuff like biology. So the idea that we're going to agree on other things that are really complicated that's the challenge that we're up against
0: yeah you know i i uh i've been reading a lot of Yuval harari for research purposes Yuval harari being a historian that's also very closely tied with the world economic forum klaus schwab's like right hand man i think is a term that's been thrown out there and he had a quote that kind of went semi-viral uh not that long ago where he talked about like what what does the world look like for all of these people that can't contribute to society anymore because of all the tech and all of this stuff has rendered them useless? And you referred to them, uh, I think as useless eaters what are we going to do with these useless eaters and his his like uh, solution to it was like oh we'll just make sure they're happy with video games and drugs or something like that but these conversations are things that are happening you mentioned the world economic forum that are happening at the world economic forum you see these uh, concepts of like well maybe maybe it's time uh, where we finally roll out a universal basic income where people, you know, aren't expected to work anymore, but we still need to make sure that they can eat and all of that. It's like, is is that part and parcel of this, of this new system after capitalism is broken? I don't know. Again, this is the segment where we're just talking about speculation here, but uh, it is kind of worrisome to, to think about for sure. Yeah. Uh, he, he did that. Just
1: a real quick. The, the quote was, this perhaps and he's talking about the kind of stuff we've just been talking about. This perhaps is going to be the big question of the 21st century.
0: What to do with billions of useless humans, useless humans, all right, useless <laughs> slightly humans. better than useless. Eaters. Better. <laughs> but I think he does refer to them as like needing. He does talk about,
1: it, I, I think you're right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But um, so, the, okay. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about in the context of all of this is uh, right now, we're just talking about chat GPT, which is just one program. Uh, developed by one company, OpenAI. But there is a lot of other players in this game uh, that don't want to be left behind. So some stories that are going around out there that are uh, relate to this is Google. Google fears that this type of technology is going to supplant their position as basically the gatekeepers to uh, uh, the internet, where everyone that wants to find anything on the internet, they go through Google search for the most part. Well, Google is afraid that this is going to supplant them, uh, supplant their dominance of this field. So they have their own artificial intelligence that they're pursuing through a a company called DeepMind. They've got a couple of different uh, AI things. One's called Lambda, L-A-M-D-A. Another one's called Bard. And they just, uh, there was an article just uh, maybe about a month ago talking about how they signaled a code red, an internal code red in Google That they're worried that this is going to cause all this disruption and their dominance of the whole field. So we need to push forward our artificial intelligence. And we need to find our own practical applications of this stuff so that we don't get left in the dust by Microsoft and OpenAI who uh, finances, uh, sorry, Microsoft finances OpenAI. So, Justin, you just told me this morning that uh, Google announced that they were releasing their one of their AIs to the public soon called like Bard AI. There's been a couple of other plans that have been talked about where they're going to push forward. They've got some announcements scheduled in the next couple of days and weeks about all the different artificial intelligence things that they're going to be pursuing and all of this is in an effort to just stay competitive or at least have a competitive advantage over Microsoft and Open AI. And it just makes me wonder if this guy, the Sam Altman of OpenAI, is saying that his technology might one day break capitalism if he is in a foot race with Google to just stay ahead of each other are they like considering the like macro effects that this technology could have on the society and the economy, or are we just running headlong into this because they're too concentrated on their, on their race with each other? What do you think?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, um, I I don't, I don't, I'm not one of these people that believes that, uh, you know, the creation of the atomic bomb or whatever was this horrible thing. I think that, uh, you could make a really strong argument that it's prevented a lot more wars than it's than it's caused, uh, obviously. And I think you could make a, a really strong argument that a lot of lives were saved because of it. Millions and millions and millions of lives. But a lot of the scientists involved in that, some of the scientists involved in the creation of that, regretted it after the fact. And uh, it wasn't because they didn't know what they were doing. They knew exactly what they were doing. And they it wasn't because they didn't know what the purpose of it was. They knew exactly what the purpose of it was. It was that they were so caught up in the scientific achievement of it all that they didn't stop and think to themselves, I'm not sure how I really feel about this. They just kept pushing forward because progress, 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 no matter what, right? And then after the fact, they regretted it. Now, I'm glad they did what they did, right? But you do have to ask yourself, are these people... Caught up in the moment and caught up in the achievement and caught up in the progress and caught up in being the next, you know, Albert Einstein, the the next like super famous scientist remembered forever for changing the world or and, and then potentially they create a monster that they regret having any part of.
0: That... Or, or a better analogy would be Miles Dyson from Terminator 2, who when confronted <laughs> exactly. with the reality yes. of his creation that came back in time from the yes. you know year 2025 or whatever. Correct. Um, but but yeah. yes, that's exactly right. Are they
1: going to be uh, in a Miles Dyson situation? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is maybe. We don't know. And the funny thing is people might – I mean, honestly – there are so many incredible benefits that could come from this. Like sure. artificial yeah. general intelligence could cure cancer. Right. It could it we're talking it could save millions and millions and millions of lives not just from cancer a million other things, okay? There's no doubt about it. Lots of benefits. But at the same time, huge 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 risks. Sure. Huge risks. And again, I don't have a problem with the risks and the rewards. And uh, my issue is, are we prepared to make the right decision Mm -hmm. as a society? And, and, and globally, are we prepared? Because this is the other thing that you and I also, the thing that keeps us up at night is the sort of impossible question that really you can't answer in a, in a good way at this point in time is if we say, if we all got together and said, you know what? We got to sit this one out. We got to wait a little while. We got we to gotta have a conversation before we go forward. Let's pass a law tomorrow. We ban open AI from going further. We put a pause on everything. We're going to so have a national conversation. So we can figure out what the hell is going on. <laughs> right. You're gonna, we're going we're gonna to take a break. We're going to take a breather. And we're going to figure out what's going on. And then we're going to press forward after that. Okay. Let's say we could get to that point. And I'm not even saying that's the right thing. But let's say we can do that. All right. China's not going to do that. Right. So, so if we live in a world in 10 years, the only thing worse than living in a world in 10 years where American AI is controlling us is a world in 10 years where Chinese AI is controlling us. Like the communist party of China is the one in control of the best technology in the world. That world is way worse than if you know, OpenAI is the one that's leading the Google and people like that, as much as I don't trust them. Right. So, how do you deal with that? Do you, you can't, you can't just push the pause button because there's too many villains out there in the world that would love to have this technology that would be way worse than us, right? If it, our worst nightmares of like Klaus Schwab in control of AI is nothing compared to the Communist Party of China in control of AI, right? So how do we deal with that? How do we deal with it? I don't know. You don't know. We, but we have to have that conversation. And that's the problem. Do you hear people having that? No. What I hear is if I were to turn on some big cable news network right now, they're not talking about this. No. They're talking about budget fights yeah. and national debt. and Biden's
0: State of the Union.
1: Biden's State of the Union. You're right. Today is the uh, when we're recording this. It's just before Biden's State of the Union address. That's what everyone's talking about. What's Biden going to say in the State of the Union? Who cares? We could all be ruled by AI in ten years. Joe <laughs> no, Biden's dead. He's right. not around in ten years. He could be dead now. For all I know, he is a machine. Yeah. The idea that we should care about what he's saying compared to these other problems. No, I'm sorry. There's no you you your head is stuck in the sand if it, or you just don't know yet, which is yeah. most people and I get right. that. But that's where we are. We're in a dangerous dangerous place because of that.
0: There, there is no doubt, man. There is no doubt. We, uh, uh I've been listening to uh, Glenn Beck. He's been talking a lot about this topic and, uh, he was saying uh, segment that I was just listening to the other day. He's like, I've been following this, you know, I, I consider myself like an amateur futurist. I've been following this futurism stuff, uh, you know, since the early nineties, he's like reading yep. Carl Sagan books and Ray Kurzweil and all of that. And he's been talking about this stuff and how like the, you know, the, the technology of the future, and he's like, and, and it's not even the technology of the future anymore. No. It's the technology of today. Like this is the stuff that's possible today. And the speed at which this stuff happens is unbelievable. unbelievable. Like what was like the first smartphone, the first smartphone didn't ha- uh, land in somebody's pocket until what, yeah. like 2009 or something like something that.
1: Something like that. Yep. yep. And, and, right and around now it's
0: time. been a little bit over a decade and literally everybody has them and doesn't know how to function without them at this point. Yep save for a few people that are yeah. you know angrily writing a comment underneath our video right, right. now <laughs> but right. Uh, but this technology this this artificial intelligence this chat gpt concept this software uh is going to Grow like a wildfire. I just saw a a colleague of mine has a plugin now that he can have chat GPT run alongside a YouTube video just like this and transcribe it in a matter of seconds. And then he can feed that transcription back into chat GPT and have it summarize it in just a couple of paragraphs. Like, this is now a plugin that can work alongside YouTube videos, and this thing just got released to the public, what, a month and a half ago, two months Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, and and a lot of this goes to and this is this this is not really getting into the weeds but it can get into the weeds and we won't I promise but Ray Kurzweil who's a very famous futurist who wrote The Age of Spiritual Machines and a, and a bunch of other really popular books been talking about futurism for many many years. Super interesting guy. He takes like 100 pills a day because he's trying to live to be like 150 or something like that. He's a really interesting brilliant guy. Um he has an idea uh, that he believes is is uh, it's a theory technically, but he believes it's it's you know basically proven that it there's this law of what is it accelerating returns, returns? right and the idea is that technology and advancements build on previous advancements and as they build on their previous advancements, it, the the rate of change accelerates right and so society has been the change in society has been accelerating and it isn't going to stop accelerating
0: because it's going to accelerate faster.
1: (laughs) It's going to accelerate faster and faster because we're learning more. The the technology we're using is helping us develop new technology faster and faster. Right. And so a lot of people think of technology and then they think, well, you get this spike in new technology and then it kind of weans down and then we get some other new technology and it kind of goes down. But he's saying that's, zoomed in too close to the picture if you zoom out and you look at the big picture of what's going on it's not it's not you don't have those gaps what's happening is a rapid increase in accelerating returns and technological achievements and advancements and how that's impacting society is also accelerating so what we see here is as that's why general intelligence is such a big deal that's why chat GPT is such a big deal because it's 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 the first Sort of everyday people, their ability to experience really high level AI that is not quite AGI, but looks like it could become AGI. And now it's out in the world. Chat GPT is out in the world. This is what Glenn Beck was alluding to. It's out in the world. It's learning.
0: Right. It's
1: learning. It is now learning. Every day, Chat GPT is getting smarter than it was yesterday. It's smarter right now than it was when we started this video. And it's going to keep getting smarter. And as it gets smarter, it's going to be building off those achievements and then other kinds of AI will be used to learn from ChatGPT and become even bigger and smarter than that. And it's going to accelerate faster and faster and faster to the point where eventually it gets to AGI and then humans cannot control it because it's smarter than we are. That's what AGI, once you reach AGI, it's human level intelligence, except it's in a computer. So, and it's hooked up to the internet and now it's way smarter than we are. It's not a big gap from that to ASI, which we mentioned earlier, super intelligence. And now we have no control of anything. We are out of the game. We're at their mercy. That's the crazy thing. It sounds insane. I get it. It sounds insane. But if we went back to 2008, when Barack Obama was running for president for the first time, which doesn't seem that long ago. And I told you that we would have this kind of technology. You wouldn't even know what a smartphone is yet. (laughs) Okay. You wouldn't even know what that is. Okay. So like Netflix was probably still sending movies to you in the mail. If you had Netflix, (laughs) like that's what the, that's what that world was. There's no way you would have imagined that you could ask AI. You could go on, anyone could go on their computer right now and ask AI to paint a picture and it could paint something better than you could ever imagine, or write a song better than anything you could write, or write a love poem to your wife. And it's so good she thinks it's from you and can rewrite articles by some guy named Justin Haskins in his voice and it instantaneously for free. And it sounds pretty close. You would never think that that's possible. And and it's going to get crazier and crazier and crazier as time goes
0: by. I, I keep saying every time that I'm talking about this with friends or family or colleagues or anything, it's just like we shouldn't be here yet. This is the stuff that's being talked about in episodes of Black Mirror. Like this is stuff that's in in Westworld. Like this is this should not be here yet. Yet we're here and we're 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 talking about it and we have to think about the, about the implications. And that's something that uh, you and I are gonna do uh, continue with because we're working on a whole bunch of different stuff. And I think that this channel here. Justin uh, and Donald save America stopping socialism TV is going to be a place to go for constant updates on this type of stuff, because Justin and I are, are increasingly plugged into all of this and we're increasingly aware that this is growing to be the most important thing going on. And, uh, and yeah, we're going to keep tabs on it, but Justin, I don't know. We could probably talk for another several hours about this, but uh, any, any other last words you want to, you want to say before we sign off,
1: No. Well, you know, I I will I will tease that we uh, the reason we're locked into this and the reason we know this stuff uh, the way that we do is because we are working on a new book with Glenn Beck. We're very close to being finished with it.
0: A Uh,
1: A sequel to The Great Reset. And uh, we think it'll be called The Great Reset Part 2, but we don't know about the rest of the title yet. That's still up in the air. And we're not even 100% sure about The Great Reset Part 2, Part (laughs) 2 part. You know, we're not sure. But we do know Great Reset will be in the title, and we do know it'll involve... It'll be a book by Glenn Beck, and with us. And so we are... it's going to it's going to cover a lot of this stuff and how yeah. davos and that crowd fits into all of this and how they want to design this technology so that it serves their purposes and not yours and it is um going to be absolutely terrifying and it I is going to I don't think there's another I
0: don't think there's another book out there that's going to be like there this is, at all there is there's
1: no other there's no other book in the universe that's like this book because even the books that are really cuz this isn't this is not this is a futurism book but it's not a futurism book like the ones that you see on the bookshelves today. It is not going to be boring. It is not going to be dry. It is, it is in queer, very close to the final draft. And so we, we are very familiar with it. Obviously it is incredible. It yes. is going to be so good. It's going to blow your mind. So we, we are been neck deep in this for a long time, working with Glenn on that book. And um, we're really excited about what's coming. And also, st- Terrified of what's coming. So
0: (laughs) join us. It's a very exciting time to be alive. (laughs) A very, very exciting time to be alive. Not boring, that's for sure. To be sure. So... Uh, it, what do you what do you think about this story? Everyone that's uh, that's listening to this, what do you think about this this interview? Uh, art, artificial general intelligence can break capitalism. What do you, what do you think? Do you think that it can? Do you think that it's an overstatement? Uh, do you think that this is the actual goal of this guy and in the, these people that are surrounded the big tech community and all of that? I want to hear your thoughts uh yeah leave them leave them below this video but uh but that's gonna do it for this episode of justin and donald save america i want to thank everyone for tuning in and also a reminder if you want to help out our channel you can do so just by doing a couple of things hitting that like button sharing this content subscribing if you haven't already and leaving a comment underneath the video all of those things help break through that big tech algorithm that prevents content like this from being shown to more people that's going to do it for today. Justin, uh, where, where can people go to see your work?
1: Uh, at Justin C Haskins on Facebook, Twitter, getter parlor, and, uh, all the, the other social media channels. And of course, stopping socialism.com.
0: Yeah. Stopping socialism.com. You could also find our other stopping socialism content shared across the different social medias, whether it's Facebook stopping socialism, or uh twitter or instagram or anything like that so thank you all for tuning in and we will talk to you next time